In our last installment of the Western Wall podcast series, that was part seven, we looked at Barclays Gate, a huge gate leading onto the Temple Mount during the days of King Herod. Just a few hundred feet south of Barclays Gate, only 40 feet from the southern end of the Western Wall, an irregular stony structure juts out of the wall. In 1838, Edward Robinson studied the structure. An American biblical scholar, the man who has been described as a father of biblical geography, the man who Jerusalem Post said successfully identified almost 200 biblical sites, concluded that that structure was part of an ancient bridge mentioned by Josephus. Drawings from the 1800s illustrate quite a different landscape than what we see today. Keep in mind that the arch is located in the southern archaeologic extension of the Western Wall. The ground level 100 years ago was much higher than it is today. The bottom of the arch that you see today was at ground level when Robinson saw it. Wikipedia quotes Robinson in his 1841 work, Biblical Researches in Palestine. We observe several of the large stones jutting out from the western wall. The stones had the appearance of having once belonged to a large arch. At this remark, a train of thought flashed upon my mind, which I hardly dared to follow out until I had again repaired to the spot in order to satisfy myself with my own eyes as to the truth or falsehood of the suggestion. I found it even so. This arch could only have belonged to the bridge, which, according to Josephus, led from this part of the temple to the Zeistus on Zion, and approves incontestably the antiquity of that portion of the wall from which it springs. The existence of these remains of the ancient bridge seems to remove all doubt as to the identity of this part of the enclosure of the mosque with that of the ancient temple. How they can have remained for so many ages unseen or unnoticed by any writer or traveler is a problem which I would not undertake fully to solve. One cause has probably been the general oblivion or want of knowledge that any such bridge ever existed. It is mentioned by no writer but Josephus, and even by him only incidentally, though in five different places. What had Josephus written? Flavius Josephus, the first century Jewish general turned Roman historian, mentioned four gates in his monumental work, The Antiquities of the Jews. In Book 15, Chapter 11, the University of Chicago Education Translation reads, Now in the western quarters of the enclosure of the temple, there were four gates. The first led to the king's palace and went to a passage over the intermediate valley. Two more led to the suburbs of the city, and the last led to the other city, where the road descended down into the valley by a great number of steps, and thence up again by ascent. For the city lay over against the temple in the manner of a theater, and was encompassed with a deep valley along with the entire south quarter. The last gate involved a road that led down into the valley with a great number of steps. While this description may not be very useful to most of us, archaeologists see things differently. Studying the topography and location of valleys around Jerusalem proved to be a key piecing together the puzzle. We mentioned earlier that at the time of Edward Robinson, the ground level was almost up to the remnant of the arch which protrudes from the wall. This changed after the Six-Day War. An archaeologic excavation from 1968 to, from 1968 to 1978, known as the Big Dig, resulted in the removal of an enormous amount of fill, uncovering another 40 or 50 feet of the southern end of the western wall. When I say 40 or 50 feet, 40 or 50 feet deep. Professor Benjamin Mazar's excavation 
uncovered additional parts of the arch and stairway complex, including steps and piers with gradually decreasing height. The arch was part of a massive staircase complex that carried people up from a major ground-level street in the days of King Herod up to the gate at the southern end of the Temple Mount. Archaeologists believe the gate was 16 feet across, a 50-foot wide arch towering 60 feet above street level led up to the gate. The staircase, with multiple landings, and at least one turn stretched out 115 feet long. Coins that were recently found beneath the street suggest that the arch was actually completed a decade after King Herod's death. Professor Benjamin Mazar was accompanied by his 13-year-old granddaughter, Eliat. She, uh, she uh, continued her grandfather's archaeological work till her death in 1921, and she proposed that the massive staircase included more than the staircase heading south to the city of David. There was also a staircase heading west to the upper city. It was a massive structure. Just as Barclay's Gate is a reminder of the glory of the Second Temple, so Robinson's Arch testifies to the same grandeur. Visitors to the Western Wall could easily completely overlook both Barclay's Gate and Robinson's Arch. However, thanks to some devoted archaeologists, we can recognize these stone memorials to the Temple of God.